0: We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan Lavoy. We hope that you're doing so well on this Friday. A lot to get into on today's edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show, Birthdays in Sports, a Nightly TV Guide at the end of the program, and so much more to be a part of our show. 334 887 3401. Or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine. If you would like to be on our show here today, JJ Cam Brooks and Ryan
2: here on the show.
1: And Brooks, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. <clears throat> um, it, it has been a uh, it's been a fun Friday, as our good friend retired Wardian Steve likes to say. Um, we had, we had some fun football last night. Uh, I don't know how many people watched the, the NFL game last night. As yeah, it was what a uh, streaming on yeah. Amazon Prime, the
3: game but was insane.
2: Phenomenal game. Um, We've had some fun uh, basketball action tonight or uh, last night. Uh, had some fun World Cup action today. Uh, you've you already had Brazil and Croatia go to penalty kicks earlier. Now you've got a. Uh, uh, it looks like Argentina and Netherlands going to extra time as the Netherlands just scored right at the at the very end of the added time. And so, big big matches in the World Cup. We uh, of course uh, we continue to talk about. Auburn football, building of uh, the, the coaching staff and recruiting for Hugh Freeze and his first, uh, you know, his first go around as the Auburn football head coach, continues to uh, build things up. Auburn basketball got a big recruit uh, commitment today, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, of course, you know, everything in the wide world of sports. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers as usual. Love to hear from each and every one of them.
1: Cam, how are you? Doing well.
3: Excited for a great weekend um, of, gra- of graduations. Uh Shout out to my buddy, Van Cathcart, my roommate. He's graduating this weekend. Former intern on the show. What been yeah, this a number of Former times. Former intern, yeah. So.
1: Thunder Chicken star. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
3: So he's, my boy's getting it done.
1: That's um, so tomorrow?
3: Yes. Tomorrow Very he's graduating. Exciting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just uh, ready for a great weekend. Talk about sports. Talk about uh, uh, the new recruit that, that uh, Bruce Pearl just landed. And, uh, yeah.
1: Going to be a good show. That's for sure. 334-887-3401. Let's talk about last night's game. In the NFL, what a comeback win it was for the Rams. Led by new quarterback Baker Mayfield. Guy's really surprised he got it done. You look at what Mayfield was uh, doing so far this season, but two, he'd gotten there... In less than forty-eight hours, and was asked and to start this football game.
2: I was going to say last night on the broadcast. I don't know if you caught it. Kirk Herbstreet said I get made it to LA to prep for the that game before he that did. That was funny that said that.
1: Yes, and uh, a speaking engagement for him, and Al Michaels, and and yeah, the announcers are there before uh, Mayfield even arrives to play in a game like this. Dude, there's no Cooper so. Cup. There's no Allen Robinson. Two two Atwell is one of your leading wide receivers. That is a name that the everyday football fan Will doesn't know. even know. No you way. know, and and so um, what what a performance it was from from Mayfield to come back in the fourth and pick up a signature win like that for the Rams. Yeah, crazy.
3: Ba- yeah, Baker played what well, uh played well for somebody that doesn't even know the entire playbook, um and I just the Raiders uh, just. I don't just SMH on the Raiders. Honestly, I don't. I don't know. Just a generationally bad defense. Um, can't you just allow somebody that's been in the quarterback for two minutes and drive ninety-eight yards down the field? The punter did his job. Yes, he did. He did his job. He got them stuck at the two, and the
1: defense sixty-four-yard punt, as oh you said, gosh. that was downed at the two-yard yes. line to put them in a, a two-minute drill. And they drove all the way down and scored a touchdown
3: with, I think it was like five seconds left. So, I mean, that's just a great drive put together by McVeigh and Baker. And, uh, yeah, Raiders got to figure it out.
1: Great win for the Rams. Uh, But as you said, the Raiders now, guys, have blown four 13-point leads throughout the season. That has tied an NFL record. Insane you don't want to be a part of that history
3: no 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 and speaking from a fan of very of experience
2: and the bad thing is for the for at least Raiders fans is there's not really much mentioning of Josh McDaniels getting let go it seems like um uh what's the owner uh Davis Mark Davis wants like he doesn't want to turn that turn keep turning the coaching staff over that quickly and so it unless something you know they keep going down this path I don't know if Josh McDaniels is fired at the end of the year. I think they they bring him back because that's a lot of money you have to pay him to get to to fire him. Um, But, you know... Like
1: we said, they had won three straight games as well. They started to fix some things. But uh, then reverted back last night
2: and then it's also you know when you look at the Raiders organization Mark Davis is not one of the more wealthy owners in the league he's uh I think he's actually when you look at owners in the NFL I think he's actually like the poorest he's one of the more broke millionaires the the poorest (laughs) uh still has more money than I'll ever see in my (laughs) life but uh when you're running an NFL organization you know usually you're you know billionaires are the ones owning it and I think Mark Davis is like some something in the millionaires Uh, Level and so that makes it hard To get you know players and And uh, coaches there he's done a good job Of getting some talent there but You know it's just the Something's just got to get figured out there I don't know what it is is Yeah,
3: Bad like Bad against the pass you know You have Max Crosby you have Chandler Jones rushing the passer and And Chandler Jones is a little bit Past his prime but but Max Crosby is still really good Um, And just they, I mean, they don't have anybody in the secondary that can get any stops. It's just, that's it. They have, I think, bottom five ranked uh, defense, especially against the pass. So it's bad.
1: Tough one for the Raiders. Uh, that opened up the next week of the NFL season, week 14. Uh, and so onward we go. As we said on yesterday's show, this is the last week of buys. So f- six teams in the NFL, including uh, our Atlanta Falcons, or on a bye week this week, and then after Sunday, uh, every team will play for the last four weeks of the year as we get closer to the playoff hunt. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 If you want to call in and be a part of the program, we'll take our first commercial break of today's show. When we come back, James from Montgomery will be on Sports Call. That's coming up next here on Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Back on Albert's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson, Cam Barry, Brooks, Childress, Ryan Lavoie, all inside our studios here right now having a fun Friday talking about anything and everything going on in the wide world of sports. And we want to hear from you. What news do you have in the sports world that you would like to discuss with us? Give us a call, 334-887-3401. As we go to the phone lines And joining us now on the program
0: James from Montgomery
1: James has called into Sports Call here today Hello James
4: Hello and War Eagle
1: War Eagle sir uh, Did y'all
4: hear about uh, the renovations That the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas Will be doing?
1: No I haven't Tell us about this
4: Yeah because uh, Jerry Jones Has uh, came out earlier today With a uh, 92 two hundred and million uh, dollar renovation to the at and Stadium, and then he was talking. They were telling him um, what uh, upcoming events that they were going to do in the near future. They were, he was saying that they're going to do, um, you know, the NBA uh, All Star Game. They were going to do like a Super Bowl, and they're going to do like the uh, World Cup in arlington texas in the near future as well just to name uh a few events right off the bat
2: yeah uh you know i was just uh, looked up this article for uh that, that you're referencing and yeah it's going to look upgrade some technology refurbish the premium spaces and update quote back of the house services so that they can uh, have those ready for the world cup in 2026 and hopefully a super bowl along the way
4: yeah because I mean, with the Super Bowls being played in every uh stadium that I've seen over the years, I think Dallas would be the next um the next venue to actually host a Super Bowl. I mean we haven't the city of Arlington has never hosted a Super Bowl since uh its existence in Arlington, Texas, so I'm thinking that this would be the first time um in know in a long time that uh, Dallas would host. Will be the uh, prime host of the Super Bowl as well.
2: uh they hosted it back in uh, 2011 when the Packers beat the uh, the Steelers, didn't they?
4: Um, yes, actually, they did. They did actually uh, do a Super Bowl in but 2011. Was, yes, in 2011, but it was in the old uh, stadium before
1: they built this one. Gotcha, gotcha. Tell us something yeah. else.
4: Well, I'm actually very excited to uh, uh seeing some of the new uh Auburn basketball players that are coming in for 2023 and um I'm hoping that these guys are going to make uh, a great uh accomplishment to come to a winning team like Auburn, and a great coach like Bruce
1: Pearl. Yeah, we saw a 2024 commit that we'll discuss here in a little bit, but this uh, this team, this season, uh, has, has been fun so far. They haven't lost a game yet, and so anytime you can play good basketball, all you're going to do is help build momentum for the future of your program.
4: Yes, as well, because I know uh, we do have a game this coming up weekend. I know we play the Holiday Classic against Memphis, so I'm going to be watching that game as well and uh, seeing if we're going to beat Memphis, because I think the last time that we played Memphis was in uh, Auburn Arena, which is now Neville Arena. So I think this one will be a really good uh, Holiday uh, Classic to to uh, you know to enjoy.
1: And a number of people are going to get to make the trip up to Atlanta. I know that there are already a lot of Auburn fans who live in the Atlanta area who have got to be excited about the chance to go play um, or to watch the Auburn Tigers play. And then a big opponent like Memphis, a team that's led by head coach Penny Hardaway. I, I think it is going to be a good matchup.
4: Yes, it's, it's a really good matchup, and it's a early. It's going to be an early Christmas gift as well for the Auburn fans and the Auburn family and the Auburn community, and um, I'm just going to see how we're going to do as well.
1: Yeah, they've played Memphis twice in school history. Once in 1953, and then they played them in 2020. That game was played in Atlanta as well so we've actually never played them at auburn we've played them in atlanta a couple of times though so we'll see if auburn can knock off memphis one more time tomorrow
4: yes as well because i think we're going to have a great uh a great time in atlanta and um i wish i was there in atlanta to you know root on the tigers and give them a big win but i'm just gonna watch the game and uh Seeing if, if they're gonna win, which we are gonna win and um we're we're just gonna take a, a huge bite out of Memphis as well.
1: A huge bite out of Memphis. Tigers versus Tigers should be a pretty epic matchup.
4: Yes, as well. So it's gonna be a really good uh, matchup and it's it's something that you know that's gonna stand to the test of time as well.
1: Give us some other news that you've seen.
4: Well, um about the NFL game that I was watching uh, last, last night. Last night, yeah. I mean, that that was like a rematch of Monday night with Tom Brady, and I looked at the score, and it was the same score from Monday yeah. night. it was 16-3, Seven-
1: to three, and then both teams scored touchdowns, and both teams won 17-16. to 16. It was crazy.
4: Yeah, it was, and I had the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, favorite to win, but they could not... Um, push over you know, the team to actually give me the win so I just got a short um, I I just got a short piece of the pie last night from that win and um, I'm just going to see if I can uh, keep my winnings uh, going for the uh, fantasy football season and seeing if I can make it to the playoffs uh, next couple of weeks.
2: Well then who do you like this weekend and some of the games uh, coming up on Sunday, James?
4: Well, I um... I have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning, I have the Minnesota Vikings winning, I have the Buffalo Bills winning, I have my Cowboys winning, um, I have Tampa Bay winning, I have Miami winning, and I have the Kansas City Chiefs
2: winning as well. Well hopefully you can get some uh you can be right on most of those picks. Yes,
4: yeah, because I um I actually do uh, I actually do play a lot of fantasy football, so I'm just trying to see if I can make it eight eight wins and uh, seeing if I can actually win this uh, fantasy uh, league division and actually go to the fantasy football uh, Super Bowl in uh, February as well.
2: Who's your best player on your fantasy team right now, James?
4: Um, I actually have Michael Gallup right okay.
1: now. Okay, All right, he's a good one good wide receiver for the Cowboys. He's been fun to watch. Yeah,
4: so I just uh I had to pick him as well and I got um I got the uh the New England Patriots defense and the Tampa Bay defense. So I'm just going to keep those two uh defensive teams in and uh seeing if they're going to win. Um I know with Tampa Bay, I know they have a strong defense and with uh, New England. I know they have a strong defense as well, and maybe I might see uh, Tom Brady and, um, you know, going up against his former team in the Super Bowl that, uh, next year in 2023.
1: Yeah, it could be a chance that Tom Brady doesn't play for the Buccaneers next year. He could possibly retire, or some people think he might go play with the San Francisco 49ers because he's from that area.
4: Yeah, so I, I, um, I do want I I would like to see Tom Brady actually play in San Francisco because that's his childhood team that he's uh wanting to play for so if if the if the uh if all the stars line um in in the correct order for Tom Brady I mean Tom Brady is a, is is the legend so I think Tom Brady might go to San Francisco and uh, make them go to a Super Bowl and win um you know a Super Bowl with the San Francisco 49ers as well.
1: It certainly could happen. Give us some other news that you've seen, James.
4: Um, I don't have any other news uh, that I know of about, probably I'll just have to say about the NBA because I know they do have a couple of games tonight, and I'm just going to see how the Los Angeles Lakers are actually going to win, and um, I haven't seen anything or heard anything about LeBron James because I know he's been out. Uh, you know, from you know being yeah. He had a, he everything. had a sore
1: ankle, so he didn't play on um, Wednesday. But LeBron will play today, and Anthony Davis is expected to play, and they're playing the Seventy Sixers.
4: Yeah, so I'm just going to be watching that game as well and uh, seeing if the Los Angeles Lakers are going to win against Philadelphia because I know that game is is actually played in Philadelphia. So I think um, I think these two teams. I'll, I'll probably say I'm looking at. These two teams may be making it to the NBA Finals uh, sometime real soon as well. That would be a fun
1: matchup. That really would be a good one with uh, James Harden, Joel Embiid on the 76ers, and then the uh, the Lakers, of course, have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook.
4: Yes, as well, because I know um, it's very close to actually call for the NBA Finals, but if they do actually come around uh, in 2023, I'll just have to see um, how things are going to look for this year and uh, maybe next year for uh, 2023 for the NBA as well.
1: Very, very, very exciting stuff. Anything else on your mind today, James?
4: Um, no, I don't have anything else. I don't have any... Um, are you excited upcoming... for
1: the new Avatar movie?
4: Um, Yes, I am. I'm actually very excited for it. I'm a huge Avatar fan. I've seen uh, the first one. And I think this is the second one, so I'm very, very excited of seeing the new Avatar movie as well.
1: All right. Very good. Very good stuff. Did you want any trivia today?
4: Uh, Yes, because I know it's uh, bowl week for college football, so I'll just probably take the uh, college uh, football uh, bowl trivia today.
1: Okay, so just some generic college football bowl trivia.
4: In like Let, history.
1: Okay, let's see if we can get a couple of questions pulled up. Did you see that Aaron Judge got a really big deal from the New York Yankees?
4: Yes, I actually paid a did lot see of money. That. Yes, I actually did see that Aaron Judge got a lot of money from uh, the New York Yankees, and I think he is going to stay with that team as well. And I'll probably see the New York Yankees and uh, the Houston Astros uh, uh, play uh in the World Series uh sometime real soon. Yeah,
1: they're both American League teams, so they would play in the ALCS, but maybe we get to see the Yankees make a World Series run again. We never know. Uh let's get you some trivia.
2: Go ahead, Brooks. All right, James, you ready? Yes, I am. What is the oldest college bowl game?
4: Oh, the oldest college bowl game. I would have to say that would be I'll have to, I'll take a, a long kick on this one, so I'll have to say that will be the, I would have to say that will be the Bahama Bowl.
2: No, it, it's in California.
4: Oh, I'm, it's coming to me now. Uh, the Rose Bowl.
2: That's right. The Rose Bowl is the oldest college football bowl game.
1: Mm-hmm. Congrats, Thanks. buddy. The Rose Bowl, the oldest college football ball game.
2: All right, James, you ready for your next one? Mm-hmm. Which two conferences play in the Rose Bowl?
4: I would have to say that would be the Pac-12. Yes. And the Big Ten. Yes. Yeah.
1: Very good.
2: you yep. Very good. You ready for your next one? Yes. What is the oldest non-New Year's Six bowl game? So the New Year's Six is the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, and Cotton Bowl. Which, What bowl game that's not one of those five is the oldest?
4: I would have to say that would be the Cotton Bowl.
2: No, it's not the Cotton Bowl, but it is played in Texas.
4: Mmm... Um, I know it's not the Sugar Bowl, and I know it's not the Orange Bowl. That's right. So I would have to say it would be uh,
1: the Fiesta Bowl.
2: No, it's not the Fiesta Bowl. It's it's. Let me give you a hint. Yeah, go ahead.
1: It's not the moon, James, but it's the opposite of that
4: not the moon but it's the opposite
1: so the moon comes out at night what comes out during the day
4: Mm, i would have to say the sun
1: the sun bowl yes remember it's been a while for it's been around for a long time
4: yes i didn't even know that was an actual bowl game
1: yeah Yeah. the, the, the sun bowl Brooks, it's played in Texas, you said, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's played in Texas. Uh, I didn't even know that was a bowl game. Yeah, right?
1: this year it's going to be the Pittsburgh Panthers versus the UCLA Bruins. Yes, and I am actually
4: going to watch that one, and I have uh, Pittsburgh actually winning that uh, big bowl game out there in Texas as well.
2: You ready for your last one, James? Yes. All right, Auburn's first bowl appearance was in 1937 against Villanova. What was the bowl game?
4: Oh, I know this one. I know this one because I was just talking about this about like a month back. I always tell everybody about this, uh, about the big bowl game that we play every year. Uh, that we played against Villanova, and I know the I know the the story. I always tell everybody about it. This is called. It is actually called the. Oh my God! We had this this newspaper in the in Nevelorino with the with the plate to to actually, you know, that we've won in nineteen thirty. I think I would have to say that would be the Broccoli Bowl.
1: Not quite. Not quite. very close. Very close to the Broccoli Bowl.
4: Um, I'll probably take another uh, kick at it. So I'll have to say this would have to be the bowl game that we played against Villanova. This game was actually played. In Havana, Cuba.
2: That's right. It was.
4: And this one was actually Rocklet. No, no, it wasn't. It was um. um I'll I'll take a a hard. What, what's the
1: answer, Brooks? It,
2: it's the Bacardi Bowl.
1: Bacardi Bowl. Say <laughs> yes. that for us, James. This was the Bacardi Bowl. There you That's go. go. We played Villanova.
4: Yes, yeah, so we actually did play Villanova in nineteen thirty four and this was actually played in Havana, Cuba, and this was actually during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And actually this was one of the uh, it was one of the longest games ever between Auburn and Villanova and nobody didn't even score. And then during this game there was actually uh they were actually considered as gunfire as well in the back while uh cuba was actually going through a uh war that was going on in havana cuba
1: pretty intense stuff absolutely well james thank you so much for uh, your phone call today we had a whole lot of fun you got any big plans this weekend
4: um, I'm actually going to be watching the Army-Navy game, and I have Navy actually winning this game, and the score for this game would be Navy 59 to
1: Army 29. All right. Well, we'll be tuned in as well. Thanks for the call today, okay? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle, talk to you all guys on Monday. Talk to you on Monday. War Eagle, indeed. There is James from Montgomery Joining us on Sports Call. We got to take our next commercial break when we come back. More of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show, WTGZ Tiger 95.9.
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show.
5: Hi, my name is what? My name is Hi, My name is
0: sports call on Tiger 95.9 season's greetings and happy holidays from all of us here at tiger communications this time of year we want to send our heartfelt well wishes to all of our loyal listeners and great partners we couldn't keep bringing you all the best music and talk radio without each and every one of you as you take part in your holiday plans make sure you make us a part of your celebration happy holidays from the tiger communications family Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com.
1: Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95 put on FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio. With Brooks Childress, we hope that you're doing well on this Friday. Uh, What a fun show we've got for you here. We've got birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide still to come on the program today. Uh, Exciting news for our guy, Trevon Reed, who's going to remain a part of Hugh Freeze's staff moving forward really excited for t Reed brooks he's one of our absolute favorites
2: and uh, he's a lot of recruits favorites too as you you know we, we saw no when kidding there was Good no point there was no defensive coordinator for a little bit when uh brian Arson was here and he was out on the road recruiting and uh got a lot of a lot of headway there and a lot of people were starting to talk about him on the recruiting side of things and so For Auburn football, one, it's great that you're keeping one of your own in house and keeping them on staff. But two, a guy that's so good with all the recruits there with Auburn, it's just uh, it's a win win on both sides. Thanks for Hugh Freeze.
1: Auburn men's basketball picks up a commitment today from a large fella, very large kid, uh, seven feet, three hundred and five pounds center. Peyton Marshall committed to Auburn men's basketball on Friday morning. The first commitment in the class of 2024. So a junior in high school, a four-star, the number 46 player in the entire country from Marietta, Georgia. So essentially the Atlanta area who had offers from Florida, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, Miami, Georgia tech, Penn state, Illinois, Cincinnati, and UAB. What a dominant player he is. And uh, Brooks, again, He's just a massive, massive oh, yeah. to be just a junior in high school. Oh, yeah.
2: So I know, I know a lot of people were joking, saying, can he uh, also play offensive line for the Tigers too? Uh, but, yeah, the, the Atlanta pipeline continues for this all our basketball team and under Bruce Pearl, and it's events like what what is coming up tomorrow. Uh, for the Tigers this holiday giving that you're going up to Atlanta showcasing your program to uh, a lot of recruits in that area and you know it just continues to help grow the brand of Auburn basketball and continue to get high level recruits for uh, out of the area for Bruce
1: let's take a few more phone calls before the end of hour number one three three four eight eight seven three four zero one as we go back to the phone lines and very excited to welcome on our next guest joining us now
0: Ward Steve
1: retired Ward Steve is here with us hello Steve Good afternoon, and holy crap, uh,
6: 310 pounds is what I read on 247 Sports. Right, and, massive. And, and hold on, uh, if you think that's a lot, uh, he actually says on the uh, interview with Jason Caldwell, I think, or Nathan King, that he has dropped 80 pounds to get to 310 pounds.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's a, he's a big kid.
6: He's a big one. Uh, when I first saw it, I said, well, he must be an offensive lineman that we got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, dare. And, I, and,
1: I d- and d- he's so tall. I mean, obviously, with, with all the height, there's going to be weight as well. But for yeah. him to take pride in his body and want to cut down the uh, the fat that he had and, and turn into just a, a
2: beast. I'm going to say, I dare anyone to try to muscle him out of the way under the basket.
6: Yeah, I heard that uh, apparently the, uh, I guess that the project is for him to be – Sort of like David Kessler and just stand around and uh, keep people from getting, um, you know, around to the basket. But what about his endurance, guys, and his mobility and uh, speed? Because you know uh, our team t- tends to have a track meet most of the time. Yeah,
1: could obviously be a concern. I think that's something he's going to continue to focus on. But again, he's only a junior in high school, so he's got time to, to cut down even more weight if yeah. that's what Auburn would like for him to do, or maybe they do <coughs> want to play a little bit of a slower pace and really make the opponents feel his physical presence on the inside so albert has got a couple of uh, months and years here to figure out exactly how they want peyton marshall to factor in
6: right now uh sticking uh with uh, our team uh guys uh, i'm happy to hear that mr trevon reed uh, being retained have you had a chance to talk to him jj at all
1: i had dinner with him last night actually how's he he's very well he's really excited to be able to stay with uh, Coach Freeze very grateful that he gave him that opportunity. Still grateful that Brian Harson uh, gave him an opportunity to work those first two years, and uh, speaks so highly of the uh, recruiting efforts that Hugh Freeze has put out there. Um, and and is also excited to be able to stay in Auburn because you know Trevon is a, a father of two kids, uh, both under the age of three. So uh, really excited that they're going to be able to continue to grow up around this place and be around the program.
6: JJ, are you at liberty or not to let us know? Uh, anything about Trevon, Share with you, you know, what, what the recruiting is like or the atmosphere uh, with uh, the new coaching staff.
1: Yeah, he said just very positive, very excited about a new era of football. I think everybody is kind of uh, echoing that as well. Really excited about some of the coaches that are on hand. Excited to get uh, Wesley McGriff back, who's been here for a couple of stints already. Um, and, and again, Hugh Freeze is really making it an emphasis to lead, and it's uh, just quite a drastic difference. From, from the leadership of Harson when it comes to the recruiting efforts.
6: Any word on Zach Etheridge? Uh,
1: he's still out traveling with the team right now. And uh, again, in terms of official, uh, official title and whether or not he's retained, I'm not quite sure. I, it seems to be going in that direction, uh, but I I haven't I didn't ask about that in particular and I'm not sure.
6: Okay. And another shout out to Mr. Deshaun Davis. He is now uh, with the University of North Alabama, right?
2: Yep, that's right.
6: All right, it's good. uh, Good to hear that uh, for him as well. And about the uh, game uh, tomorrow, guys, I've not seen the line yet come out. Uh, What do you expect uh, this this game to be like? And what do you expect the line uh, to be by Vegas?
2: I I wouldn't be shocked if the line is somewhere around five points in Auburn's favor, just because uh, of the talent that Auburn has. I, I think that Memphis, you know, you, you taught me heard from Bruce Pearl yesterday. Memphis, this is a very talented team. They've got a lot of good pieces. Good uh, defensive and, team. Yeah, they're, they're very good defense. They've got a good point guard uh, for them, and it, it's going to be a fun game tomorrow. It's going to be a real fight for the Tigers. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if the line is somewhere around four or five points in the favor of the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, but then I wouldn't also wouldn't be shocked if Auburn, you know, like I said earlier this week, I wouldn't be shocked if it, Auburn ends up winning the game by 10 points uh, just because you, you just never know what's going to happen when the Tigers roll out there on the court. They've got good shooting days and bad. And just yeah.
1: one common opponent for these two teams, both have played St. Louis, Memphis losing to the Billikens, oh. Auburn defeating St. Louis in their matchup.
3: Matchup predictor has Auburn favored at 62.6% right now.
6: Oh, okay. So take that oh, yeah. as you will. We 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 should just you know Nick Saban says if you're the favorite that should be all all you need right
2: Yeah that's right
6: Okay uh, speaking same with football guys um, I've been reading on the boards on 247 other websites about different uh, DC possibilities and one that's thrown out there and I hope that gosh we don't go back to get this gentleman is Derek Mason.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say I've seen his name circulated a little bit, especially well. it, it picked yeah. up a couple of weeks ago when he was in a – I think he made a trip to Lochapoca a couple of weeks ago to uh, recruit a kid there.
6: Okay, well, if I know this stat, hopefully, you know, Freeze and his assistants know this stat. But this one, a shock I said, dang, since he's been the defensive coordinator over to uh, Oklahoma State, do you happen to know what their defensive – uh, ranking efficiency ranking was for this past
2: season uh, if you're bringing it up it can't be good it can't be bad. good it is
6: right 116
3: yeah it's it, their oklahoma state's defense was was really bad
6: so please tell me that that can't be a serious consideration
2: uh i i mean i don't know how serious obviously we're, we're not as well connected in the into uh the the goings-on of what what's happening but I think that he it would be a serious level if only for the fact that he's got experience in the SEC with Vanderbilt and then you know last year at Auburn. But you know if if you're Hugh Freeze, I'm sure you're looking at like you said that number at Oklahoma State, and I'm sure you're also looking at the defensive performance uh, under Derek Mason before he or the last year when he was at Auburn too. All
6: right, uh, moving on. I had left maybe about 15 minutes ago. When I thought the game was going to be over, it was two to nothing uh, with the Netherlands losing, and now it's tied two to two. What's uh, the update, guys?
2: Uh, they're about to go to penalties.
6: Oh wow! Well, I don't think it we'll come back two to two then. Yeah. Okay. All right. And on this date, guys, real quickly in 1934. Yep, uh, I was not around then. <laughs> uh, but in 1934, in the NFL, there was a game played. It was called the Sneakers Game. Okay. It was between the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. And apparently the weather conditions were less than balmy. Uh, apparently uh, the temperature was 9 degrees. Wow. Okay, at the polo grounds, and a sheet of ice was on the ground. Okay? So, why they call it a sneakers game? Because the Giants opened the second half wearing basketball shoes. Interesting. Yep. The field was so frozen, they said... Um, that that, uh, the cleats uh, wouldn't hold. And so the Giants, apparently, uh, one of their assistants named Ray Flaherty anyway, uh, had gone ahead and somehow gotten a hold of uh, some college team by the name of Gonzaga, their basketball shoes. Okay. Because apparently he, he knew someone in Gonzaga anyway. So they let them wear what they call sneakers, basketball shoes, onto the field. And they ended up uh, scoring 27 points in the second half uh, to go on and beat the Chicago Bears. But it's called the Sneakers Game. So there you have it. Uh, I doubt that that would be allowed any anymore uh, in this day and age. But I didn't know if you had known about something called the Sneakers Game because I didn't even know about it. No,
2: that's a fun piece of trivia, right there. I didn't
1: know that either.
6: All right, so uh, guys, is anybody going to the game tomorrow?
3: No, I'm not. Are you guys going?
1: Yeah, we're going to plan on headed up that way to right. Atlanta for uh, for the game tomorrow.
6: Okay, well, I hope you have a safe trip and enjoy and I hope you come out with a win, a safe win. Um, until uh, next time, which you hopefully will be Monday, you guys have a relaxing weekend, and War Eagle always, guys.
1: War Eagle, Steve. Thanks for the phone call there. That's retired Wardium Steve on the program, 334-887-3401. Or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of today's show. Auburn and Memphis going head-to-head on the hardwood tomorrow. Hey, 3.30 airtime on the Auburn Sports Network on FM Talk 93.9. And then on Sunday, Auburn versus Louisiana in women's basketball, a one forty five airtime on FM Talk 93.9. Brooks Childress will be inside the studio and have a halftime report for you for Sunday's game. And I'll have the play-by-play on the SEC Network Plus alongside Coach Joe Champy for uh, the SEC Network Plus for that Auburn and Louisiana women's basketball game. So, uh, as we wind down this opening hour of Sports Call, um, it's been a fun day here. Getting yeah. closer, as you said, Brooks, to uh, penalties and yet another World Cup match.
2: Yeah. This is uh, the quarterfinals. I'm going to say your boy, Virgil van Dyke just had his first penalty saved. So, All that right. one's down Oh. 0- too Messi about to take his first. So, okay. They're starting penalties. And we World will Cup see what action. happens. Yep. And
1: that the winner obviously goes on to the semifinals. So, play, we're getting closer to four teams remaining yep. in the field.
2: They'll play Croatia, who won an on penalties against Brazil earlier today. And so, knocked Brazil out of the World Cup.
1: And tomorrow will be That's two crazy. more quarterfinal matches, yep. right? Uh, yep. France
2: and England, and then Portugal and Morocco. So, one of the uh, underdog, a couple favorites in the underdog story. Of Morocco in action again tomorrow. Messi just buried his, so it is one one or one zero Argentina on penalties. He didn't even try either. Like that kick
1: was just so casual.
2: Scooted it in.
1: We are uh, ahead of a big recruiting weekend as well for Auburn
2: football, especially transfer portal guys. Boy oh boy, transfer portal
1: targets coming in. (laughs) Goodness. Saturday down south just posted the teams with the most players in the transfer portal right now. Texas A and M. Twenty man. That's a lot. Florida seventeen, Ole Miss fifteen. Sheesh. That's a lot.
2: Yeah, I'd like to know that. See that list of Texas A&M players and see how many of their recruiting class from last year, which was so highly touted as one of the greatest of the freshmen. freshmen Yeah. yeah. How many freshmen are in that portal?
1: That's a good thought. I would be curious to see that number as well. Yeah. Yeah, that could tell you some things.
2: And then you know, you've also got with with you know you you look at like a team like Texas A and M. You've got uh, so many guys in the portal, and then you're also seeing a lot of guys going to the draft. I know um, w- uh, their big running back Ashane, He's already declared for the draft. You've got a lot of uh, bigger names on that team that are going to be going to the draft, and so it's going to be interesting to see what uh what this Texas A and M team looks like next well, year. Well, and we know
1: the quarterback Haynes King yep, is one portal. of those, right? Max Johnson transferred there last year from LSU. Uh, but got hurt. Haynes King continued to play a little bit this year. Uh, got hurt at times, and uh, yeah, he is one of the names in the transfer portal as well. And, and then talking quarterbacks for Ole Miss, their backup Luke Altmaier is in the portal after Jackson Dart was kind of their primary guy for the majority of the
2: season. Man, it's it's crazy what uh what happens. You know what what is what's happened with the portal and. It you know it it's the the new nature of college football where you you lose guys really quickly you got to keep them on campus uh, you gotta you gotta it's it's kind of what P J Fleck uh, said a couple years ago you get them on campus and you got to keep recruiting them yep. when they're on campus yep. to keep them around have to
1: have to make that happen uh, want to make sure everybody stays happy that's really important when you're building your football program all right what we've done is we've accomplished the first hour of Albert's first and Albert's favorite sports talk show. Two hours left to go. Still got to celebrate some birthdays in sports here on December 9th. We'll have a nightly TV guide, and we'll have more football conversations straight ahead. Alongside Cam Berry, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy. We hope that you're doing well here today on this Friday, December 9th, 2022. A fun first hour of the program. Good phone calls. We appreciate James and Steve for calling into the show. If you would like to call in, you could do that as well on our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401. As we get set to open up the second hour of the program today, let's make sure we celebrate some birthdays and sports.
0: It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. All
1: right, Birthdays in Sports here today is brought to you by our friends over at Max Credit Union. They've got two locations in the area to help you out. One in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Here are today's Birthdays in Sports, December 9th, 2022. David Akers is turning 48, the former NFL place kicker. Played four years of college football at Louisville. Go Cards. Went undrafted and struggled to make a roster in 1997 and 1998, but signed with the Redskins. In 98, also played with the Eagles, Niners, and Lions. Two-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, and is a member of the Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Fame. The left-footed David Akers is turning 48 years old. Isaiah Wynn. Turns 27, an NFL offensive tackle for the Patriots. Played four years of college football at Georgia. First team All-SEC in 2017. Drafted 23rd overall in the 2018 NFL Draft by the Patriots. He's been with them his entire career and was a Super Bowl champion with New England in 2019. Isaiah Wynn turns 27. Good lineman. Dick Butkus is turning 80. The former NFL middle linebacker, played four years of college football at Illinois, two-time consensus All-American, Big Ten MVP in 1963. His number 50 jersey is retired by Illinois, drafted third overall by the Bears, and would stay with the team for his entire career. Eight-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time NFL defensive player of the year, NFL's 100th anniversary all-time team. His number 51 jersey, retired by the Bears, and he's a member of both the Pro Football and College Football Hall of Fames. A great, a legend, Dick Butkus is 80
2: years old today. Happy, happy birthday. Got to play for his, uh, the went to college in Illinois, then got to go play for the Bears. How about that? Didn't also located in
1: Illinois. You're exactly right. Good for him. Uh, Eric Bledsoe turns 33 years old today. He is a current... Uh, CBA point guard with the Shanghai Sharks, formerly played in the NBA, played one year of college basketball at Kentucky, Go blue SEC All-Rookie team in 2010, drafted by the Thunder, but traded on draft night to the Clippers, also played with the Bucks, Suns, and Pelicans, all defensive first team in 2019, but currently plays with the Shanghai Sharks, Eric Bledsoe, Turns 33. Fends up, baby. He's also competed in a slam dunk contest When you uh, said, at the NBA level as well.
2: When you said Eric Bledsoe, I was still in the football mindset, so I immediately thought Drew Bledsoe.
1: Yeah, a little different. A little
2: different. different.
1: But fair. Uh, Aaron Baines is a former NBA center who turns 36 today. He is a current center in the NBL, the National Basketball League in Australia. He plays for the Brisbane Bullets. He played four years of college basketball in the United States at Washington State. Let's go Cougs. Where he went undrafted and played in four different European leagues from 2009 until 2013. Signing with the Spurs in 2013. Also played with the Pistons, Celtics, Suns, and Raptors. An NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs in 2014. Aaron Baines turns 36 years old today
2: you know i didn't realize this until very recently fanduel you know like the the digital betting place yeah they Mm -hmm. stream nbl games like late at night on on their website it's like fanduel tv or something they've got nbl games have not partaken any don't worry folks but i just know that they're there brisbane bullets man we may we may turn up you know sometime
1: yeah Uh, How about another basketball player? How about him? How about a player by the name of Kelly Oubre Jr.? Turns 26 years old today. The small forward for the Charlotte Hornets. Played one year of college basketball at Kansas. Let's
2: go Jayhawks.
1: Big 12 all-newcomer team in 2015. Drafted 15th overall by the Atlanta Hawks, but traded on draft night to the Wizards. Also played for the Suns. The Warriors, and now the Charlotte Hornets. Kelly Oubre Jr. turns 26.
3: Very popular with the ladies for his looks. It's true.
1: A a fashion icon. Takes a lot of pride in his uh, pregame fits. And actually given the injuries to LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward. He's been hooping. He's been one of the leading scorers all season long uh, for those Charlotte Hornets.
2: I was going to say, who dresses better on game night? LaMelo Ball or Kelly Oubre?
1: Oubre. I mean, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't pull off. I would not be able to pull off anything that these guys wear. <laughs> but I think if you were to have a poll out there,
2: people would say,
1: Ubre. Okay. Puts a lot of pride into what he's wearing. There's our birthdays in sports today on December 9th, 2022. David Akers, 48 years old. Isaiah Wynn is 27. Dick Butkus is 80. Eric Bledsoe turns 33. Aaron Baines is 36. And Kelly Oubre Jr. turns 26. There's a look at your birthdays in sports brought to you by Max Credit Union. Again, two locations in the area to help you out. One in Auburn on Gay Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road. All right, time for our first commercial break of hour number two. Back with more sports call right after this. WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU.
1: Kicks to Koulibaly. Head fake, drive steps back, three. Got yeah, it. Off the window and it falls. Auburn
0: Women's Basketball's exclusive radio home is FM Talk 93.9.
1: Graves whips it right side. AC with a three. Yeah. Yes!
0: Tune in all season long as this rebuilt roster looks to make some noise in the SEC and make it back to the postseason. Coverage begins 15 minutes before every game.
1: Kulabali rips down the rebound with the right hand. Koulibaly untouched to the lane. Right hand finishing in. And
0: a foul. Auburn women's basketball lifts all season long on FM Talk 93.9. Brought to you locally by May Refrigeration, Lifesavers Mission Thrift, the orthopedic clinic, premium beverage, and Tiger Iron Gym.
1: I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back here to the Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan Lavoie on this Friday. Um, it's weird. We're, we're out of the regular season of college football. We're out of conference championship weekend. And that's been the routine for us over the last 14, 15 weeks is to be able to preview all of these great matchups for you. And now we move on to bowl season. Bowl season is upon us. And we just saw moments ago uh, some more news regarding bowl games. Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham from the state of Alabama uh, is declaring for the 2023 NFL Draft and will not play in the Fenway Bowl, which is such an interesting matchup next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Get
2: the name for right. so it's, many reasons. It's the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I
1: apologize. The Wasabi Fenway Thank Bowl you. between Louisville and cincinnati and scott satterfield was the coach of louisville and now he's the coach of cincinnati and they're playing this game at fenway park and both teams are standing on the same sideline and now the quarterback's not playing for the cardinals either because he's declaring for the nfl draft this is a fun one
7: yeah it makes a what uh, normally was a i don't know not something you gloss over i mean these are two teams that uh technically if you want to say power five since Cincinnati is, is now entering the power five. But, um, you know, this would be a, a, an average bowl game. This I was going to say,
2: if you played this game at the beginning of the season, it's very intriguing non-conference matchup. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, to
7: get your feet wet. And, I mean, unfortunately, that that's just the issue with the bowl games and stuff. It's like if you're not in a playoff game, there's no telling who's going to not play. Uh, we already seen – Jeff from Columbus brought this up earlier in the week. Seeing have seen kids from Georgia and Michigan and Ohio State – put themselves in the portal newsflash you're in the most important games of the season but I know I know they're not starters let me back off that a little bit they' they're like third string guys but but still they don't want to be even a backup or a, a second backup to uh, to anyone on, on a national championship potential team so um, this portal <gasps> kind of rules all. Uh, once we get to the off season, and then some of these guys go ahead and declare for the draft, if they have any draft stock, they don't feel like they can improve it. You know, if Malik Cunningham, I, I do not think he's one of the top quarterbacks at all. I don't even know if he will get drafted, to be quite frank. I do not yeah. know. But, you know, if he was playing in a bigger bowl game, I would say maybe he should play it because then maybe he has a big game and someone sees that and maybe he could get some, some more stock in that. But you know, playing Cincinnati, I don't think anything can really come of that. Even if he threw for three hundred yards and a bunch of touchdowns, so I don't know. It's just it's just a part of the dynamic now. That's another thing that once more teams are involved in the playoff. All right, apparently we're always going to have to worry about some backups go hitting the portal. But you know, for example, if someone like Bryce Young did not does not end up playing in in his bowl game or you know name name the name the new year six that's not playoff bowl and, and having one of those guys sit and not play that will not no longer happen you know you're not going to have someone not play a playoff for um, college purposes I know that uh, Jackson Smith and Bidja or however in Jigba and Jigba um, de, you know declared but he was not going to be medically able Cleared. to play yeah, there's so no way um, you know he is not you know a part of you know we not going to be active roster. he's not. Um, it doesn't really apply to him. But anyone that's healthy, I still expect to always play in a playoff. So, uh, you know, I'm not. That's that's another. It's way down the list of priorities. But that's another thing that I'm excited about with more teams being in the playoff. Is more teams are going to have their guys feel like they want to play, and because we've seen already, like I said, New Year's six bowls guys opting out of that. And I think the the big example that's always going to hit home with me was 2020, the North Carolina and Texas A&M uh, Orange Bowl. North Carolina had never been to a BCS slash New Year's Six bowl, and they had four or five guys sit out and go and go pro and not even play that game. It was the best bowl game North Carolina had ever been to, or at least in this era, and no one, and none of their top guys wanted to play it. Well, if it was a playoff game, they would play it. So. I think that will be uh, another, again, way down the list of priorities, but another nice thing about having more teams, absolutely. Another plus about having more teams in the playoff.
1: So Malik Cunningham is uh, declaring for the 2023 draft and will not play in the Fenway Bowl, again, from Park Crossing there uh, in the Montgomery area. He played five years at Louisville. He used a COVID year of eligibility, did Malik Cunningham. And now we'll see what the uh, draft opportunities – look like for a player like that 334-887-3401 toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine to be a part of the program chris from valley has called into sports call what's going on chris
5: what's going on guys how are y'all quite well how Do about well. you Ah, uh, it's friday that's all i'm gonna say it's friday we made um, it yes it. yeah yeah so i you know i just called in i really hadn't had i mean not much to talk about there's you know you know Hugh to auburn you know i called about that a few weeks ago but Uh, I do want to weigh in on this, uh, this portal there, there, there is no adversity anymore. Like if a kid feels like, and I get it, I somewhat understand that. I mean, you got to go out and get your check, but it's, it's one of those things of, there is no adversity anymore. Like you, you don't, if, if you face hardship, you don't get the starting, the starting job. There's no fight. Like it's, I'm, I'm jumping. Like I'm going to a different school. Um, and I, I kinda have my qualms with it. I kinda I kinda don't agree with it, but you know, I grew up in a different era. Um but I just think I think it's gonna get a lot worse guys. I think it gets a lot worse. I don't think we're even at the I heard you guys say the other day we had a thousand I think there was a thousand players in the transfer portal. Um, and I, um, whoever said it the other day, I don't think they're wrong. I, I don't think that number goes down anywhere soon. Um, and I guess my question to you guys is: Is there anything that can be put on this to cap this, to 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 slow this down? I understand if a coach moves, coach doesn't have an obligation to stay at the school. So why should a player? But at the same time, I just I feel like there should be a way to to slow this down because you're seeing kids that. That have transferred twice and going into a third, I'm going to another school a third time because they're they're not starting. So I want your guys' opinions on what do you think, um, what do you think that they could do to slow kids down from transferring or incentivize them to stay at the school.
2: I um, uh, I think one thing that could is is going to help is you know you're you're getting more and more of these NIL collectives fire up. And you're you're seeing more and more, and, and I know one of the most prevalent here in Auburn is the on to victory, and you see almost every single day. They announce, you know, oh, so and so is now signed with Albert or with onto victory, and so so. I think the more and more NIL collectives that get get these kids in and signed, that could help them stay around uh, school longer because it helps you you know it shows that these guys are going to help them get deals here. Um, I, I you could go back to the if, if the NCAA wanted to step in, you could potentially go back to you know capping them at you know x amount of uh, transfers in your college career. Uh, and, and, you know, you have to sit out a year or something, but, you know, they, they you've opened the, the Pandora's box here a little bit with, you know, letting some uh, almost unlimited transfers happen that I don't know if you can fully close that box again. Um, and it, it, you know, it goes back to what I, I, I think I said this earlier on the show is the coaches, when you're there, you just got to keep recruiting the guys that are on campus. You got to keep going and got to keep recruiting them. And unfortunately, uh, I think another thing that may stop some kids from, from, do, from, uh, transferring is you've got ju- just this vast amount of kids in the portal. If it starts to get where people, you know, some of these kids are, you know, freshmen and they come in, they don't get playing time right away. They bail after one year. And then they just don't get picked up by any other big schools. That could start to uh, that, and that would be a, a, an unfortunate thing. That you you know you want these kids. They're all talented. They all you all want to see them uh, continue their dream of playing uh, sports collegiately. But if if some kids don't get picked up out of the portal and they have to go down a level or they have to go to a juco for a year, that that may. You know, incentivize some guys to say, "Hey, maybe I'll stick around a little bit." But I, you know, th- those are three options that I, I thought about. You know, off the top of my head, that could help. But you know, I, I think the biggest one would be, you know, just keeping. You know, with with NIL in in uh, in effect now, is the the NIL collectives just continuing to sign these guys into their uh, nest of players and try to keep them around the the campus of whatever school they're with.
5: Gotcha, gotcha. And I'll add to it, and I'm about to hop off here, but. I will add to this, and, and this is another thing that I've been thinking about. You know, it's got to it's got to hurt these kids who who are on the verge of getting scholarships um, when you've got so many kids in the transfer portal, and you've got so many so many positions that you're going after. These guys that aren't that aren't necessarily four, five star athletes that may be a two, three star. You know that might have ended up at a a decent, you know, decent university or got out of a situation. Um, You have these 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 portal guys who come in, um, and that's where the coaches are kind of recruiting because they get the experience. And this is just from what I've heard um, that that it's just it's it's it is hurting that side of things. And and that my heart goes out to those kids too um that may not have got that shot that originally a few years ago would have if it wouldn't have come to the portal but um you guys can talk about that too but uh, i'm off i appreciate you guys thank you for the uh, enlightenment uh i enjoyed listening to you guys as always and i uh, appreciate it i hope you guys all have a great weekend in war eagle
1: we'll talk to you soon war eagle indeed that's chris from valley joining us there on the program 334-887-3401 is there a way to slow this down kind of continuing this discussion I think it's really it's so just uh, a few yeah, years uh, into this transfer portal thing, and it is nuts. It is absolutely wild to try and keep up with right I'll, now.
2: I'll go back to you know I know I just spoke about this to to Chris, but uh, I'll go back to the what I, we were saying. All you know, or what I at least I was saying during when we were debating the NIL stuff is you know they, these are, these kids are still students at at the university, and you're not going out there and preventing other students from transferring to other schools if they want to. And so I, I, it, it's, you know, it, it could go, like I said, it, it, it would, I think it'd be up to the NCAA to have to come back in and say, hey, you can only transfer this many times. But we've seen the last couple years, the NCAA kind of lost their teeth when it comes to this. It, it's yeah. the NCAA it continues to roll and scroll, you know, go downhill. They're basically a, uh, a, a, what a disciplinary force at this point saying, Hey, you're suspended for this many games. You're suspended for this many games. And there's you know, the more, and especially with college football, you, you look at the NCAA, they don't really even control the FBS level of college football anymore. The college football playoff committee and conferences all control that. So it, it's going to be a hard time to put a cap back on this uh, at this point.
3: Yeah. They definitely just let it out. And and now it's, uh, It is kind of out of control, but um, I mean, I agree with what what Chris said about, you know, competition in that sense. But I mean, also, I think at the end of the day, like a lot of these players, their main thing is to get exposure um, and playing time. Right. And if they're not getting the playing time, then why would you stay somewhere? And, you know, some people are like, well, just wait on the bench. Your time will come. But that's not ever guaranteed. So you kind of want to go to a situation where you you get some playing time. And that's what I mean, that's what you sign up to do. You sign up to play. Um, And if you're not playing, then why stay? Uh, But I did see a tweet from Damari Alston um, and he said something about competition. And he said, he was like, nobody wants to compete anymore. Um, I I did see that. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So um, just kind of in the mind of a player, you know, that's from a younger generation um, saying that and, and his perspective on it. Uh, But yeah, I, I agree kind of on his thing that nobody necessarily wants to compete anymore. Um, they just kind of want to move to the next opportunity that, that will allow them to, to get their playing time.
1: Talk to me, Ryan.
3: Hello. Um, <laughs> hello. I, I think that you
7: just have to make it um, under very certain parameters or, um, you know, bore, I mean penalties for multiple, multiple transfers because, you know, I, I, there's a balance to everything.
3: How do you penalize them, though?
7: Um, you have to sit out a year no matter what. Okay. I was going to say, either um, you sit out a so year or... So the same thing
2: as before then. You either sit out a year or right, it, you but could take it a step further and say you're sitting out this year and that's a year of your eligibility. Yeah. You Ooh, could take you it, it a step that. further.
7: But I'm saying more so for second-time transfers. I'm saying you get a transfer. Right. And then your second transfer needs to be penalized of some sort, something like that. Gotcha. And then if you try and make a third transfer... You have to either be like a graduate, um, or you have to go home for like a family reason. Nothing like nothing football related at that point. Your right. third transfer must be. I'm trying to study. I'm trying to ha- go to a grad program, like how it was supposed to used to be. I know that was great English right there, but <laughs> in the past, you were supposed to only get immediate waivers for family issue. Or if you went to a program, if you were enrolling in a program that the school you left did not have. That was supposed to be the only times you could get a waiver to be eligible immediately. And so you need to go back to those things for the multi-transfer kids. I, I'm fine with one transfer. Everyone makes a mistake. Everyone that young doesn't know what the hell they want to do with their life. And half of them, not half of them, three-quarters, four-fifths of them are never going to play any sort of professional ball. Right. And so I get that there can be a transfer. And I also am very aware that coaches can leave at at any time, although they are professionals. It's a little different. I get that. Sometimes you commit to that coach. That's why you went to a place. So you get to go – you get to leave once. But also there's the other side of that pendulum where also, what do you learn in life if every single time – you decide this isn't for me, you just walk out. Every single time it's not exactly how you want things to go. Right. I'm gonna leave. We oh my No adversity. I, I, I'll go I'll go way deeper than football. Oh, well, I've kind of been fighting a lot with my spouse. I'm out. I'm just out. Let's just get divorced. Or, you know, I I don't really like this job anymore. I'll just collect a I'll collect a check. I'm just gonna sit on unemployment. It 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 is it is teaching lessons to these kids that every single time they don't get what they want, well I'll just do something else. I I'll, I'll, I don't care. I I don't ever have to fight through any sort of adversity or understand the other 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 perspective. So you have to kind of be weary of both sides of that equation. You've got to allow for. The possibility that an 18-year-old is going to make a genuine mistake or a 20-year-old is going to make a genuine mistake, they're going to need a genuine change. But at the same time, you can't let it be a pattern. So that's why I'm willing to say that first transfer should be fine. You should, you should be eligible immediately, no questions asked. But that second transfer, there needs to be a good reason for it or there needs to be some sort of waiting game. that It's really worth it to that individual to leave a situation again. And so I think that's where you have to draw those lines, and it's just kind of always unclear because the NCAA has taken a step back. It's unclear where those lines are, if they even exist, to whom do they apply. And the you know, I don't know how they're going to wrangle everything back in because we use the Pandora's box phrasing all the time, but it truly is once, truly is. once people see something else. It, 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 it or sees how freedom could how free you can be you don't ever want to go back to having any sort of restrictions right i mean you never want to go back to to having someone else say that you have to do something you want to be your own boss in that sense and so you know you, you again everything i've found a lot of things in life are a lot of things in life are about balance
1: We'll see how the sport of college football can change in the years to come. That's for sure. Let's take a timeout. Auburn looking to capitalize on said transfer portal this weekend. A little bit more on that when we return on WTGZ, Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU.
1: Back on Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Cam Barry, Brooks Chilterson, Ryan Lavoy here on the show today. Uh, Auburn football gearing up for what we hope will be an exciting 2023 season by having a couple of uh, visitors coming to town this weekend. The coaching staff out on the road right now, recruiting, and man, Hugh Freeze making an impact already, putting effort into building this uh, next year's. Auburn football team, a couple of guys declaring for the draft. A couple of players have entered the portal themselves for Auburn. Not the 20 that Texas A&M has seen leave their roster and enter the portal. Jeez, Yeah, 20. Uh, Florida with 17, Ole Miss with 15, the top three in the conference. But still, some guys at Auburn have entered the portal, and Auburn's going to look to capitalize on said transfer portal starting this weekend.
7: Is anyone keeping track of a team that has not had a portal departure?
1: I'm sure someone is. I don't know who that someone would be. I, I, don't,
7: I don't know. I don't know if a school. If there's a single school out there. Like it, you know. Has Akron said goodbye to somebody? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe uh, Eastern Michigan. Right. How about out west with uh, San Diego State? <laughs> yeah. They No one wanting to leave now? their program. Or you maybe. know, I mean, just like I, I mean, when you have over a thousand, I thought I saw the new number today. It was like twelve hundred division uh fbs players um you know if if you wanted to do round numbers and you said 1300 for 130 ish schools that'd be 10 players a school on average Uh, as as my math sound there i believe it is about 130 fbs schools so if you finish with around 1300 in the portal it's 10 per school on average uh that's a lot (laughs) uh a lot a lot and that's why it's a ongoing topic for us and I personally, you know, I mean, look, look, if I started to do more math, what, you got 80 or 85 on scholarship, right, per school? So if you have 10 per school, that's an eighth of your scholarship players going in the portal on average. Is all that checking out? Um, so that's, I trust you. That's yeah, tr- like 14, <laughs> 13% of your team every year is cycling just with portal. That's not including actual graduates. It's not including, uh, guys that are going pro. That's a lot of roster turnover, um, a lot, a lot. even more than it used to be. And, you know, that's why this portal thing, you're going to have two types of skills now on a coach, a coach that's adept at getting high school players and a depth that's adept at getting portal, uh, adept at getting portal players. And, uh, you know, the, that's that's going to be a criteria now for top coaches is, uh, it, it, you know, it honestly gives them another chance, right? Because I, I would take – let's go back to Lane Kiffin's uh, acumen in that regard. Recruiting-wise, he's just average for the SEC out of high school. I mean, they're around 20th in the teens. You know, it's great. You know, it's whatever for Ole Miss. But it's not like, oh, my God see what class he pulled in at Ole Miss. Right. But he's been awesome at getting portal players. And he's been one of the top in the entire country in getting portal portal players. And so that kind of makes up for maybe just being what you're expected to be in high school recruiting. So there's a whole nother skill set now because of how important the portal is. I mean, there's guys, there's gonna be guys that you take that are going to absolutely be a starter there's going to be guys that you take that are absolutely not going to be a starter. But you needed that depth because you lost right. 10 guys. I mean, on average, you're going to lose 10 guys at least. And so you've got a lot of work to do replacing it. And then for someone like Auburn, going back to Hugh Freeze and the job he's having to do, he and his staff are having to do right now, uh, Auburn was already a team that by Auburn standard was was thinner, did not have as much depth as it wanted to have, has still a handful of players going pro has some guys in the portal like everyone else. And thank you to Brian Harson. did not have the numbers committed from the high school ranks, did not have 20 commits like some of these other schools or, or near 25 at like 11 or 12. And so you've got a lot more players to acquire. I know that's a professional term, but you've got a lot more players to acquire if you're Hugh freeze and you're Auburn football, football right now, because and all I see it does not look like you're going to get the 20 to 25 high school kids that all these other schools are going to get. You're going to finish in the teens somewhere, so you're going to have to get maybe five extra portal guys. And that those five extra portal guys are not necessarily going to wow everybody. You're going to get some that are going to be very important, but there's going to be some guys. Just say I'm just example and no disrespect to a school like this, but like you're going to get some guy from like Kent State, and you'd be like, huh? Kent State, is that supposed to make a difference? No. As a matter of fact, it's not. You're not trying to get that guy to be a starter this year. You're getting that guy because you need some backups too because you don't have the sheer numbers in your program that you need uh, at every single position. And so there's a lot of players, a lot of roster turnover, and especially in Auburn's case because they were behind in depth already and behind in high school commitments already. There's going to be a lot of guys that Auburn's going to have to get uh, obviously, in the next month or two.
2: I asked a question earlier when we talked about it. <clears throat> how many did you say was in the portal for Texas A&M? 20? Twenty yes. one? Uh, I just looked at their uh, – who the 247 Sports has a transfer portal tracker. I asked a question about how many of them were from the – the freshman class they just brought in that was, um, you know, one of the most highly talented yeah. classes in history. There are 10 guys
6: yeah, on damn. this
2: on this in the portal right now that either are from that 2022 class or have four years of eligibility left.
7: Okay. Oh, so man. one or two. Yeah, 2021 or 2022. So very there early.
2: are 10 guys that still have a lot of experience. And there's, you know, you look at it, the guy that just the biggest one, biggest name that I see on here there's a lot of four stars as you would imagine there's a lot of four stars high school kids in the in the portal chris marshall five star wide receiver that was just signed last year uh, went into the portal two days ago from texas a&m that's the biggest one and so a five star wide receiver from high school in the transfer portal already after being signed to uh last year
1: that's insane
7: that's a lot of guys that are transferring early and and going towards my criteria of you better watch the second transfer (laughs) at some point um right but again that's why you allow for one and i don't think a lot of people are going to argue with with one transfer being no. problematic because you went to a&m because you were sold a vision you were given a lot of money to be honest with you <laughs> but but also you were given that money because texas a&m and its resources you don't resources typically correlate to success money, or right. at least at least the intention to success right um, and, and so you get paid that money, but you also expect to be competing with that money. Mm-hmm. And A and M at four and eight did not do that this year, quite frankly, at all. Uh, and so, yes, you get your money, but you've also going to get some money from other places because you were a big time high school guy, and other player, other people wanted you then. They'll still want you now, at least for now, because it's only been one year. And everyone knows there's a fire cell with A and M because of that four and eight record. If they had been nine and three this year, you know, way different. Yeah, they they might have they might still have seven or eight guys in the portal, but they're not going to all be from this last class and. They're, they're going to be just like everybody else in that regard, but a fire sale because that's what happens when you, you sell a vision and you go 4-8. and eight.
1: we got about seven minutes left in hour number two of Sports Call, 334-887-3401 or toll free at 9 tiger 9 If you would like to be on our show, as we go to our phone lines now. Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into Sports Call here today. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. It's
8: good to hear from you and talk to you. And Hey, I'll make it real quick. Well, i only got seven minutes, but... Uh, the Marshall kid, the five star from A and M, does he have to pay back that million dollar contract or <laughs> two hundred fifty thousand he got the first year? I mean, seriously, do they do those, these people do they pay back that money or
2: not? I don't think so. I mean, it, it just it, it's like an endorsement deal. You you don't have <laughs> yep. to pay back oh, the money. Wow. Okay. Uh, because it's not, it's not really it, – it's not the, the school itself is not paying the, the kids to come there, and so it's not Boost really you're buying out of this contract. It, it's basically like, hey, you know, on the ground level, it's I came here, now I'm signing a deal with the college station Papa John's for a million dollars. Yeah, I
8: got you. Okay. Hey, uh, I hadn't really uh, kept, kept up with recruiting are or, or not recruiting, but with Coach Freeze. I think, I think Coach Freeze, he was – I really believe he's the best guy for the job, and, and I'll move on from that. Uh, I, I think he's going to make – well, I don't think. I believe he'll make Auburn a winner. Uh, I, I really believe that, uh, and, and they'll contend. Uh, uh, it, it, as far as his staff goes, uh, who did he retain from Auburn? I, I know Coach Cadillac. Uh, did Zach Etheridge, was he retained?
1: For now. For now, his contract is through January 1st, 2023, and there has not been a full permanent role uh, assigned to him yet, but many people do believe he'll get some job in the secondary.
8: Okay, what about, uh, I guess, the, uh, the the new ones that Freeze has brought in? Who has he brought in? And and, and and the second part of that question is, who are y'all guys? He might already hire an OC. Or a,
1: he has OC. not hired either coordinator. We're still waiting on okay. the coordinators, and we're getting a little antsy.
8: Okay, and, and, and just if you'll just kind of – I'll hang up. Listen, talk about a few names you're hearing for those two positions and who the, he has brought in. Kind of keep me, get me updated yeah. on that. Guys, I hope y'all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, and I hope you have a
1: great weekend, and as always, I enjoy listening to your show, guys. So good to hear from you. That's our, our pal you, Keith from Auburn joining us there on Sports Call 334-887-3401, or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 A staff in place right now for Hugh Freeze. Uh, we know a couple of things. We know that Cadillac Williams is the associate head coach and running backs coach. That is the easiest one right out of the gates to answer for folks when you look at Hugh Freeze's first staff. Jake Thornton is coming over from Ole Miss. He's going to take over as the offensive line coach for Auburn. He's been the Ole Miss O-line coach the last two seasons. Jake Thornton to coach the O-line. Ben Imuga is coming from Liberty to coach the tight ends room. He was doing the same thing at Liberty. Jeremy Garrett will take over coaching of the defensive line for the Auburn Tigers. Also from Liberty, Zach Etheridge and Christian Robinson are retained right now from Hugh Freeze or excuse me, from Brian Harson's staff, but again their contracts expire Jan 1, 2023 and full-time permanent roles have not been assigned to them yet, although folks do believe they will get that opportunity and then Wesley McGriff is set to become the first man in Auburn football history to have three different stints on the coaching staff as an assistant coach he will also work with the secondary. So there is a rundown of the on-the-field coaches so far, and then we're still in this coordinator search on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, fellas. Still trying to figure yeah. out who those coordinators are going to be.
3: Yeah, we, we, we just don't know. A couple names have already gone off the board. Um, I remember the, the he's now the defensive coordinator for um, – Colorado he's he's with Dion Charles um, Kelly Charles Kelly he was a candidate to be a defensive coordinator kind of and then um yeah just I mean I mean people are waiting this is all I could say is just I mean we, we don't know you know how it's trending uh we've seen Muschamp for the defensive coordinator position um offensive coordinator um was a guy I can't remember who was recently named somewhere that I don't know why it's slipped my mind, but um, has not has not uh, been able to or excuse me. Auburn's has not been able to get him. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just interesting.
2: I, I think it goes back to well. I, I think I said it either Tuesday or yesterday. Whenever we were talking about it, it's it. I don't think it would be as big of a deal if the names that you're seeing reported on are were not dropping off. If Auburn, if if you had a list, you know, if, if someone had put out a list. Uh, and said these are the names that they're looking at, and none of them had been, you know, taken away or hired somewhere else. I don't think Auburn fans would be reacting as, you know, getting antsy and say, "Hey, why don't we have coordinators yet?" Because all the names are still still there. But you continue to see names get crossed off those lists that that uh, people are putting together, and that's when you're starting to get antsy because you're like, "Well, wh- why didn't we get this guy? Why didn't we get this guy? What? Why did we let them get this? Why did we let them take them?" And so I, I think that's a big issue. And it's like, you know, we we interviewed uh, Zach Blackerby yesterday. From locked on Auburn, he he pointed out you want the guys that you want out recruiting are out recruiting. You've got the guys like the Trevon Reeds, the Cadillac Williams, the Zach Etheridge's out there recruiting, and they're they're getting out there and getting into homes, getting in uh, talking to these kids, and you know the 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 relationships with those coordinators will come after they get on campus. But because you're seeing those names get crossed off those lists. That's when you start to get a little antsy, and you say, "Well, why aren't we getting these guys? Why are we letting you know Colorado get this guy, or why are we letting X University get this guy from us?"
7: I, I think defensively is where I, I want to spend again the last minute or two of the hour because I think that's just the more important of the coordinator hires here. Uh, even if Hugh Freeze only calls half the plays or certain plays, Hugh Freeze is so involved in the offense. It's the defensive side of the ball. I think Arnett from Mississippi State's a possibility. Uh, Zach Arnett. Uh, I really wanted them to look at Manny Diaz, and I have no idea if he'd have any interest. But Manny Diaz, who's at Penn State this uh, this year, Penn State had the number 16 uh, defense this year in total defense. And maybe you could even argue better than that because, for example, Georgia was ninth in total defense. I don't think anyone is taking James Madison in eighth over Georgia's defense. And so there's some of those in there. Um, and, and so – Penn State had a really good defense this year. We know that uh, he's had a lot of experience. Manny Diaz has in this part of the world at Mississippi State, head coach of Miami. He knows it well. I really, really would have liked for them to look at Diaz, but uh, they still have several candidates there that I'm more comfortable with. Uh, We just got to – figure out who it is and and hopefully it's coming sooner rather than later and doing
1: some good recruiting that's going to be the goal for this auburn football team this weekend we'll talk more about that auburn basketball versus memphis tomorrow and a whole lot more and as always we want to take your phone calls and hear from you 334-887-3401 all right alongside ryan the brooks Childress and camberry my name is jj jackson two hours in the books and we're rolling
0: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
1: Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan Lavoie. We hope that you're doing well on this Friday Uh, talking about Auburn football here as they get set for the 2023 season. We're in the final month of 2022, right around the corner. We'll have spring ball, and then we'll see year one of the Hugh Freeze era, looking to figure out who these coordinators are going to be. That's a big topic of conversation. During the break, we had a phone call come in. Clay from Opelika dialed us up and asked if uh, we thought Gene Chizik could potentially be a defensive coordinator for the Auburn Tigers. So, uh, definitely appreciate that call from Clay. Uh, thinking about Chiswick right now, being the defensive coordinator for North Carolina, several seasons uh, working on the SEC network, a time and period in which he would come on sports call as a guest to talk X's and O's about that Auburn football team. Thinking about the fact that Gene Chiswick currently has a, a poster of him outside Jordan-Hare Stadium celebrating his National Coach of the Year award and the national championship that Auburn was able to win in 2010. We have not seen his name anywhere as a serious candidate for the job. And me speaking, it, I just don't see that happening. I also do not see that I think that's that a happen. weird fit yeah. uh, to come back to a school that you were, the head coach once up. Someone off.
7: asked us on Wednesday, and I forget who it was, um, if Bo Nix – would come back right what? Uh, to Auburn, and it was
1: JJ from Crawford that called in. Yes,
7: and I. this is the exact kind of example that I gave after that phone call. Would you want him back? Sure. I mean, if, talking about Bonex, absolutely. He'd be the best quarterback in the room immediately, but it doesn't work like that, and especially with a former head coach. At Auburn or at any school to come back in a role that's not the head coach it just does not work like that uh, Chiswick got the Carolina defense better throughout the year it started off in an absolutely terrible place and it got a little better and a little better throughout the year Gene Chiswick made his name for being a defensive coordinator he is not a bad defensive coordinator but it does not work like that and so he, he is not coming back to Auburn. So it's just another – it's one of those things that you just it – just, it just doesn't work like that. Even if maybe you wanted it to, uh, Auburn will not be having him back.
1: We will uh, see what the coordinators yeah. happen and who they are. It's just – yeah, I, I just don't see a world – in which Gene Chizik right. is that defensive coordinator. It is the the position or the side of the football, I should say, uh, that Hugh Freeze wants to make sure he locks down someone that's great in that role. And Chizik had a good run as a defensive coordinator in the early 2000s and 2004 and, and did big things with Auburn's football program prior to being the head coach of the team. I just don't know that you go back. Uh, to that spot, a place like this. Still lives in the area with his family and still loves the Plains, obviously, but um, yeah, don't don't see him being a part of the team in that defensive coordinator capacity. Uh, I do want to talk about this because we've gotten a lot of calls and, and thoughts about recruiting coming up this weekend and I uh, want to give some love to our buddy Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, he's got a mailbag that comes out every week and people were really curious about these transfer portals and the blue-chip ratio that we so often talk about. So let me read a question that was asked in the mailbag today of Justin Ferguson. I'm going to read the response, and we're going to discuss. This will be a little bit of a... uh, a, a, Take a minute to read through this. But I think this is really fascinating and interesting. So question comes in. Pertaining to blue-chip ratio, does it account for transfer portal additions? Assuming all Auburn players in the portal leave... What does Auburn need to do to stay in the blue chip ratio? How many four and five stars do we need to bring in? How many three stars can we afford to bring in, etc. And so Ferguson of the Auburn Observer responds, Since every mailbag is somebody's first, let's define the blue chip ratio here. It was created by 24-7 Sports Bud Elliott. The BCR is a measurement of what college football program has to have in recruiting in order to win a national title. In the championship game era... The only teams that have won it all are ones that have signed more 5- and 4-star recruits than 3- and 2-star recruits over its last four classes. During the last edition of the BCR, in which Auburn was 15th out of the 15 schools that made the cut at 54%, Elliot wrote that he hadn't found a way to seamlessly put transfers into the equation, but that he was working on it. In a preliminary BCR with transfers taken into account... Auburn was down to 50% for the 2022 team. Auburn's 2023 blue chip ratio will lose the talented 2019 class that landed two five stars and a bunch of four stars and it will include two rougher classes under Brian Harson's watch. Let's add up those classes in 2020 17 blue chips and 27 signees. Uh, 2021, seven blue chips and 19 signees. And in 2022, 10 blue chips and 17 signees. Trey Donaldson became basketball only, so he no longer counts. Total, 34 blue chips and 63 signees for 53.97%. Back in the summer, I wrote that Auburn could only sign three more three stars than blue chips. in the 2023 class and stay inside the blue chip ratio. As it stands right now, seven of Auburn's 10 commitments for 2023 are four stars. If all sign, that would put Auburn at 42 blue chips out of 70 signees, which would obviously be good enough to stay in the strict definition of the blue chip ratio. But let's take transfers into account. This is wild. 11 of the 17 blue chips that Auburn signed in 2020 have either already transferred out or are currently in the portal. Five of the seven Auburn signed in 2021 are the same way. So while Auburn might still be in a good spot for the traditional version of the blue chip ratio, transfers under Harson really ravaged this roster and the vast majority of transfers they have brought in are not former blue chips either. Hugh Freeze said it himself in his intro press conference, Auburn has to work cut out it has its work cut out for itself when it comes to rebuilding this roster that's from the auburn observer mailbag six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year not giving away any more information but that was really well written by justin ferguson what do you guys take away when you see those numbers and, and kind of looking at the recruiting that's up ahead for auburn
7: so it actually this is a more complicated version of a question i thought of not 15 minutes ago i had decided that time i was going to save it for another show but i'll now ask it now okay and it's going to go along with this my question was going to be because we were talking about texas a&m's four and five star kids that were hitting the portal at what point do you stop caring about what they were rated in high school because at some point they're going to have a body of work in college. And they should be viewed for what they've been in college and not in high school. Right. So at, at what point does it turn into, like, if you're a freshman and you didn't play at all, you're a freshman, I can see you kind of relying more on, well, this is what they were in high school. But, if like, if you're a junior and you've still never seen the field, or maybe you did, you had a cup of coffee, you weren't that good, does it really matter That's that's a former five-star player, a former four-star player anymore?
1: To me, no. You no. Know,
7: so I guess that kind of goes along with this is trying to weight down how much it matters what these kids were in high school when determining a I guess a blue chip ratio. and I, you know I mean I guess that they still always count if they're still in the program right? Like if someone's a freshman in 2019 uh, or 2020 and they're still in the team next year, regardless of what their success has been at Auburn, I mean they're still can count for that right? So I guess in that formula, they're still counting. So I don't know how they'll end up doing the transfers. Uh, it's it's it is important that uh, in the t- what was in the time parameter uh, that they've never that, the
1: championship game era.
7: So since ninety <coughs> yeah. seven, or something like that. Not since the just the playoff was informed. Um. So there's something Which is to crazy that. To I think mean, that's about, pretty. Man. I mean, that's pretty clear. Yeah. You know, you can have a really successful team, like you. You can have a Boise State or something. Uh, Or you could have someone. I I wonder if Washington, that made the playoff a few years ago, or maybe not more like six or seven years ago, if they would have qualified for that. Obviously, they didn't win the title, so it doesn't disqualify you from having a really good team. But I mean, it's clear that you've had to have that to win the championship, and and that's much more than just Alabama's dynasty or, you know, Clemson over the last several years. I mean, that includes. Like you said, if all these champions. It includes a couple LSU titles, it includes a couple Florida titles. Uh, you know, it includes uh, just anybody, any and everybody that that's won a title. So, um, it, if you know, I, I guess this you would say you have to be, you have to qualify under this, and only fifteen teams did last year. And
1: Auburn is fifteen of fifteen. The one on the cusp of fall. So, I mean, off. this is, I mean, if you look at, but you got to. Put together a great class here. Seven of the ten right now are four stars in the class of 2023, but those are high school-level players. And so, yeah, I'm going to be really curious how this is kind of revised. But, Elliot, again, from 24-7 Sports creating this when you begin to start to factor in transfers. Because that is such a valid question, Ryan. If you're a sophomore and you really haven't done much in uh, in your college game so far, what's the reason for that? You know, why, 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 why can we trust that we should go back and rely on what was seen out of you at the high school level it's yeah and interesting. i mean
7: that that goes on in, in the next level and the pros i mean well, oh, this guy's a former first round pick yeah but he's been bad for three years yeah <laughs> so maybe the evaluation was wrong or maybe the the guy just didn't develop the way it looked like he would there's other factors to it sometimes you misidentify talent sometimes we know and you know the thing i would hesitate with this look Proof is in the pudding there as far as you've not won a championship in, what, 25 years if you've not been in that ranking. So it seems pretty airtight. But I do want to mention, again, those other teams like the Cincinnati went to playoff last year, or Boise State having great teams, or like I said, even a lesser power five, you know, like a Michigan State, I bet, didn't qualify when they when they made a playoff a few years ago. You can still be a really, really good team well above just the 15th best team um, and so I would think at some point someone's going to smash through that, that door. Uh, I have no idea when. I'm not going to you know, say, oh, this team, because, heck, I don't even know when teams qualify and when they don't, and they can fall in and fall out. I mean, it's the ever-changing ranking of it. But, um, you know, it emphasizes the importance of talent. But even amongst those, you would find so many guys on all these blue-chip-heavy teams that still were not blue-chips. That's still were a three-star guy or a transfer from a, from another school. That's going to become the transfer thing. Will become more and more important. That's why they want to figure out a formula with it, because you're going to have this guy that was like a two-star that started off as a big Group of Five school, and then he transfers into Power Five school, and then he's still big in Power Five. And well, that's not a blue chip, but he he certainly played great in college, like it. You know, even at a Group of Five level, and then he became a Power Five guy because of it um so it's a it's an interesting correlation and i'm not going to sit here and say it does not matter it's a very uh hands-on way of saying you need a lot of a a lot of talent Uh, but there's a lot of ways to acquire the talent now
1: couple of teams of note within the last two years in the conference tennessee and ole miss do not qualify as blue chip teams and have really good seasons, right?
2: I'm gonna say Tennessee and playing had in chances a, in a New to go, game,
1: and almost did oh, that that's a year ago. You know, with like Tennessee, not more than fifty percent of their roster wow. is made up of. And going into this next season, they're picking up way more momentum, and we'll see what the 2023 version of the blue chip uh, ratio looks like for the Volunteers but they weren't on the list. I'm
2: going to say Tennessee was on track to be a playoff team until uh, they got derailed a little bit. Absolutely derailed. 16
1: teams in 2021, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Texas A&M, Michigan, Auburn, Oregon, Penn State, Notre Dame, Miami, Southern California.
2: Emily, ask you that, that list. How many of those are uh, at the end of the year were – uh, and, you know, you obviously you've got the ones that didn't make the, the top four, but how many of them were actually playoff contenders at the end of the year? At the end of 2021, how yeah. many of these teams were actually playoff contenders? You had, you, you had Alabama was in the playoff. Okay. You had Georgia. The,
7: Georgia, yes. Ohio State, yes. Yeah. Clemson, yeah. I mean, until right, they yeah. lost. Yeah. Yeah. LSU, yes. Oklahoma, no. Texas, no. Florida, no. A (laughs) and M, Michigan, yes. Auburn, no. Oregon, yeah, until the very towards the end, I'd kind of count them. Penn State, no. Notre Dame, no. Miami, absolutely not. USC, yes.
2: So about half are of those teams were in 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 contention for a playoff spot. The other half were not really.
7: Yeah, I would. I think it's exactly how I think it's eight of sixteen. Again, again, eight of sixteen.
1: Our list that we just rattled off was twenty twenty one. For the last season, right? Yeah. Is that what you were asking for? Yeah. So not the season that's currently being played.
2: I mean, why, you, whatever list you were reading off of. Was well, 2021. This, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, it.
7: Well, I guess then when you you'd technically need to do the 2021 season. Re- that's season what I was trying that. to do. Gotcha. Yes. Because, well, because there was, you were saying there were 16 in 2021, but there was 15 in 2022. Correct. Auburn was the the least among them. Uh, but even still, I mean, one year removed. I, I maybe the better question would be teams that aren't in the blue chip ranking that are We're in
2: playoff contention, right? Like a TCU. Uh, yes, they're, exactly, they're, exactly. Yeah. TCU would I have assume, a chance last to year Blake break it right
7: now. Exactly. I, I I assumed all the group of fives would be. Yeah. You know any any group of five that's had a great season, whether it was Utah before they moved to the Pac twelve with Kyle Whittingham, obviously Boise State when Chris Peterson was there, Cincinnati last year last okay. year with Fickle, UCF with Scott Frost. Uh, any of those teams would all never qualified under that. Um, and now, obviously, there's still varying opinions on how great those teams were, but several of those teams did win their big New Year 6-slash-BCS Bowl. So given the opportunity they got, they took full advantage of it. But, um, you know, again, that's why I'm going to say I, I, I'm willing to bet next 10 or 15 years that's gonna, that will be broken. Someone mm-hmm. will do it. Uh, and I, obviously you can have a, still an excellent season without it. But I also you can't can't you can't discount what twenty four out of twenty four or twenty five out of twenty five. So there's it's something a good little to run it. There. But I also don't want to treat it quite as gospel. I, I don't know. That's just me.
1: Yeah, if TCU pulls it off this year, man. What go. a moment that would be. What a moment they would be. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We're back with more sports call right after this on Tiger ninety five point nine FM.
0: Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys.
1: This is Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoye-Cambury with us as well. What a fun Friday show we've got for you. Really good conversations about Auburn athletics, Auburn football in particular, ahead of a busy, busy weekend in sports. Should be a whole lot of fun. Um, as uh, Yeah, we're, we're going to be up in Atlanta tomorrow for Holiday Hoopsgiving Giving. Looking forward to seeing Auburn taking on Memphis. I think that's going to be a really, really fun matchup between these two teams. As we get set for the weekend, we need to let you know what to watch for this weekend.
0: Sports calls what to watch for over the weekend.
1: Sports calls what to watch for over the weekend. So here we are on December 9th, ahead of the weekend here. We've got Auburn basketball wow. taking on Memphis in the holiday hoops giving last thoughts before the weekend before this game takes place fellas
2: uh, it's going to be a really tough competition for auburn as bruce pearl said yesterday this is probably the the best team that Auburn's uh, faced so far this year and you get them on a neutral court so it's really going to feel like a tournament setting uh for this tiger team and you're going to go up there and we'll see you know see what happens you got to make a good impression in front of this, a lot of those atlanta recruits and See if the Tigers can continue their unbeaten streak. I, I think they should be able to. I, I think this Tigers team is better than the Memphis Tigers, uh, but we'll see tomorrow at fo- uh, four o'clock.
7: Yeah, I think uh, Memphis at seven and two, they figure to be uh, team competitive enough to be in the NCAA tournament as an at large, especially if they pick up a couple big leagues or big wins in their league. And I mean, I just want to see the offense away from Neville Arena. They just played their best offensive game of the season against Colgate last week in Neville Arena. But eight days later on a neutral court against the best opponent, as you guys were saying that they played, what does that look like? Because when they have played a team worth their salt this year, they scored 65 against St. Louis. They scored 43 against Northwestern, as we know. Even South Florida, who I in general do not think is a team worth their salt, (laughs) They only scored 67. So, against the best teams on their schedule, they've not cracked 70 yet. And I think they might have to crack 70 to beat Memphis. So, uh, I, I just want to see them be able to play good team offensive basketball away from Neville Arena.
1: Holiday Hoopsgiving tomorrow in Atlanta. Brooks, at 3.30, we will have the countdown to tip-off right on FM Talk 93.9. And who can folks hear on Auburn men's basketball coverage on the radio. What voices do they get to hear from tomorrow?
2: Uh, Per usual, it is uh, Andy Andy on the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Sonny Smith, And Mr. Brad Law will be all bringing you that coverage live from Atlanta, Georgia, tomorrow afternoon.
1: Going to be a whole lot of fun. A lot of matchups there. We're going to have Loyola, Chicago, and Clemson.
2: Game right after Auburn's.
1: Wake Forest and LSU. Game right before Auburn's. Tulane and Buffalo.
2: Just a barn burner to open things up.
1: And then, next Sunday, they're going to have Georgia and Notre Dame, also a part of this event, but obviously that game, not this weekend.
2: I'm going to say, which is an interesting concept. Me and Ryan were talking about it in, in one of the breaks that... You've got this event, and usually, you know, you have these uh, non-conference college basketball events. Everything's kind of played at the same time, but you've got four games on one day, and then you wait a week, and then you get another game in the same venue for uh, with Georgia and Notre Dame, kind of a standalone uh, event there at the, at the end of this, this whole bigger event.
1: What to watch for over the weekend tomorrow night, the Heisman Trophy Ceremony, Ryan Lavoy. Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Max Duggan, Setson Bennett. Oh, <laughs>
7: oh. <laughs> that was someone clever. else was there. Uh, we we got the voting of five through ten. So again, confirming to people that they do invite the top four. Uh, so Setson Bennett got the fourth most votes. There's surely he's not higher than fourth. Uh, I expected to go to Caleb Williams. Uh, I think that's deserving. I think if Max Duggan had had Uh, a winning moment in the big 12 championship game i think we would really be stressing over it right now we would really be uh going back and forth deliberating but caleb williams i hate to say it like this but caleb williams kind of had the least amount of mistakes late in the season i think you saw uh and i don't even want to say mistakes is the only thing Had the least amount of of negative outcomes Because you saw someone like Bo Nix lose a couple games. You saw Drake May lose a couple games. You saw Blake Corham get injured. You saw Hendon Hooker get injured. Uh, Bryce Young had been injured earlier in the season. And so, so many guys just had something, a speck on their resume. And obviously, Caleb Williams lost his last game too, but he was greatly hobbled. And he'd done some really great things in the first half of that game prior to being hobbled. So, it wasn't like a complete black spot. It was just just a little... Little something uh, that was less than perfect, but um, I, I, I think it's pretty much a no brainer. I think Duggan will probably be second because of his Big 12 championship performance, as long as the voters mostly waited to vote till after conference championship week. And then I'm going to go Stroud third, and that's it.
1: Again, right now we're talking about
7: sports calls, what to
0: watch for over the weekend.
1: All right, we've got uh, basketball games over the weekend and the Association, three national TV games. We've always had the ESPN Friday night doubleheader, but also now that we're exiting football season, we're getting back to where ESPN and uh, ABC love to do their primetime ABC Saturday night matchups. So tonight, Lakers are in Philadelphia taking on the 76ers. The Bucks are in Dallas taking on the Mavericks, your two ESPN games for the evening. And tomorrow night on ABC, the Boston Celtics are taking on the Golden State Warriors. Talk to me about these three games, Brooks.
2: Uh, I mean, you got LeBron James. He had a, an off night uh, a couple nights ago in their Wednesday. last game uh, to, to rehab an in, or not rehab an injury, but kind of uh, you know take a little bit easier. He's easy. old. He, he's old. That's <laughs> what we're trying to say. Um, but back tonight against the Seventy Sixers should be a really fun game. There, the Lakers kind of finding their feet a little bit, but not you know it's still not a, a team that you're you know you're scared to play really. Uh, if they've
1: you're, won nine of thirteen
2: after starting two of ten, yeah, so a little bit different. They're, they're finding their feet. Um, and then you know later on tonight you got Giannis versus uh, Luka Doncic, which should be a really really fun matchup of some uh, some of the prolific young stars in the league. And then Saturday night Celtics Warriors rematch of last year's finals. Uh, the Warriors, another team in the West that haven't really you know up until this point have not really looked like the team that we we thought they were going to be. But they're a team that you know also continues to find their feet a little bit. They're playing better basketball than them when they started the season and. Uh, yeah, should be really fun for both of the, uh, all, both nights of, uh, NBA hoops and can't wait to, uh, watch them.
1: Mr. Lavoie, some three primetime basketball games.
7: <laughs> I was like, yeah. Primetime what? Three primetime. <laughs> prime Deion time.
1: Sanders times three. Right. <laughs> um.
7: I, you know, they are great basketball games, big stars. This league has so many great stars Good right Good way now. to put that, yeah. And if people have not paid attention, I know a lot of people keeping track of the Auburn guys and that sort of thing, but if people haven't paid attention, the Boston Celtics have been incredible so far this year. They've got the best offense in the NBA. Jason Tatum just continues to get better and better. Jalen Brown has continued to get better and better. Their role players fit really well. Guys like Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon off the bench. Uh, and Al Horford at his elder age is still hanging in there. I mean, that's just a really good basketball team, and they're better than Golden State is right now. Golden State has been very up and down. They had that spiel where they didn't win on the road the first seven or eight times out. Uh, they lost a clunker to Utah the other night when they were they were resting Steph and, and Draymond and Wiggins, but uh, they, they, they completely choked that game away up for 20 seconds left. And so they are they're, they're not they have not found themselves quite yet. They've, they've had night their on moments. ABC. They've had their moments, but uh, that does not look like a team. That looks like a team that probably gave every ounce of their energy, uh, every last ounce they had into last year's season, and it paid off. They won the championship. No one should ever <sighs> question that organization, that team, and that point guard wearing number thirty again. Uh, but it does seem like that that was probably the end of it.
1: So that's a rematch of last year's NBA Finals tomorrow night on ABC, Celtics and Warriors. Uh, Yeah, Boston is really, really, really good. There are 12 players in the NBA. I saw this earlier today. 12 players in the NBA shooting greater than 45% from three-point range. Four of them play for the Boston Celtics.
7: Dang. Grant Williams is one.
1: He is one of them.
7: Jason Tatum? No. High volume? uh malcolm brogdon
1: yes another name that you had mentioned
7: Jalen brown no al horford yes <laughs> so weird uh and
1: actually someone that was on birthdays in sports yesterday
7: well i wasn't on the show so peyton pritchard no i don't remember yesterday. his name
1: was listed if people go on twitter right now and look at our graphics there's for no birthdays way in sports, smart it's sam hauser
7: Okay, no one cares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Playing more of a role this year for the Boston Celtics. But yeah, four, only 12 people shooting greater than 45% from three, and four of them play for the Boston Celtics. They are pretty special. What to watch for over the weekend is what we're talking about right now. How about the World Cup continuing with a couple of uh, semifinal matches? No, excuse me, the last round of quarterfinal matches before semifinal round starts on Tuesday, we've got two tomorrow. Portugal and Morocco at 9 a.m. Central Time is the first matchup there in the semis, guys. Or excuse in the quarters.
2: I'm messing up again. I'm so sorry. And, you know, one of the big storylines going into tomorrow is what role is Ronaldo going to play because he was benched in the last game and came off the bench because of a little tiff with his uh, with his manager. So do they put him back in the starting lineup tomorrow? Do they start coming back bring him back off the bench? Uh, Bruno Fernandes didn't seem to mind that Ronaldo was off the uh, was off the starter last time when they were out there um, for Portugal but Morocco's a good story I don't know if it lasts longer than to, than, uh, than tomorrow but we'll see what happens with that first match
7: we've seen the underdogs really be able to push teams uh, much harder in the, this round uh, than really expected I mean several matches going to PKs and extra time and and So, you know, look, that, that has that's something that's going in the right direction for Morocco. But Portugal did just slam Switzerland 6-1. to one. I think that with Ronaldo, the thing is I can actually make an argument where this makes sense to bring him off the bench. I don't think at age 37, and, again, 37 for a soccer player, incredibly old, I don't think at age 37, given his work rate wasn't high to begin with, that he's a guy that could play 120 minutes if you need him to. And I think it actually makes a lot of sense to save him and bring him off the bench in the 65th, 70th, 75th minute uh, if you need a, another punch because Ronaldo's still uh, awesome. You know, he's not what he was, and that should be expected because he's 37. But like, there's there's still not many strikers, not many people up front that you'd rather have, even at his advanced age, than Ronaldo. And so. I think that it's smart for them to start trying to play a different way, which is more creative because it's a little more basic when Ronaldo is out there. They try and play to him a lot. So it gets everyone involved early and it got their their backup striker involved. He scored a hat trick. Everyone seemed to thrive with because they weren't playing through just one person. And so I think it is smart to start that way. And then if you need Ronaldo, one of the great players of all time, late in the game, he can then come in, and you know that it only takes a moment with him to go get you that goal that you might need, and that way he can be available if you do have extra time, if you do have PKs. Because, again, I don't know if Ronaldo could last 120 minutes. By, by extra time, I could see him just like not even running, just jogging everywhere he Standing. Went. Yeah.
2: I, I want to correct myself because I said Bruno Fernandez I meant Gonzalo Ramos the, the, the backup yeah. striker I am on a I'm on a I listen to a soccer podcast almost every, almost every single night and I'm way behind in it and I've been listening to the the stuff from the euros 2021 and Bruno Fernandez had a good uh euros 2021 and so I've got that on my mind <laughs> uh, when I talk about soccer so it was Ramos was who I was trying to refer to earlier
1: so uh then also we've got England and France and the other Quarterfinal match tomorrow. Finally, our what to watch for over the weekend. Major League Baseball free agency continues, fellas. A couple of big names still remain unsigned, including... Signed Dansby Swanson. Carlos Correa. Carlos Rodon. Dansby Swanson. Andrew Benintendi. J.D. Martinez. What do you guys think about some of those bigger names that are still looking for their next team?
2: I think I just expressed how I feel.
1: Okay. Correa, Rodon, Dansby Swanson... Benintendi, J.D. Martinez. Swanson's getting married this weekend, I believe. He is.
2: And what better wedding gift than to give him <laughs> a big contract, at Atlanta? <laughs> Do it. Maybe he doesn't have
1: news this weekend. Then I probably going to focus on the so. going to
2: focus on the wedding.
7: I think that would be his probably nope, that, you know,
2: That's it. Perfect. Cut the cake. There's a contract in there. Boom reveals that he's back with the Braves. Silly.
1: That was Sports Call's What to Watch for over the weekend. He missed one. What's that? The Army-Navy game is this weekend. And the weekend. Army-Navy game. James brought that up a little bit earlier. One of the us. best rivalries in, in college football. On CBS. Be sure to check it out. Here's our TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide.
1: A nightly TV guide that's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what's on television this
2: evening? Well, I'm going to start you off with some movie picks for you. I'd all, love for you to do that. All Christmas, because it's the holiday season. So, starting off 7 o'clock. Happy holidays. Happy Elf. Elf! Is what's starting tonight. 7 o'clock AMC, the Ferrell's Christmas Classic uh elf seven o'clock amc seven o'clock on fx the santa claus 2 the uh it's the the escape clause or the the santa claus i don't remember what it is it's the one where tim allen as santa claus has to get married um uh, that's and the he's second cloned one. and yeah, it's yeah yeah he's gotta go get married that's at seven o'clock on fx and at seven o'clock on tnt go a little bit more classic for you a christmas story you know, the second one, they released a, a sequel on HBO Max that is out right now. So the original is on uh, TNT Did tonight. really? Yeah. Ralphie's grown up. He's got to do Christmas. On HBO Max? Yeah. It's a Christmas story, too. Might have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of want to. I don't have access another to it. Another Christmas story? Yeah. It's another one. Uh, so those are your three movie picks tonight. Sports picks for you at 6 o'clock on espn You two. know, I have HBO Max. I'll have to bribe you with some, like... I don't know. Or we could hang out sometime. Or we could hang out sometime, maybe. Yeah. Uh, That's what friends do. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like some animosity there. <laughs> 6 o'clock on ESPN2, the FCS playoffs roll on. A uh, team locally in the state of Alabama, Samford, continues on their quest for an FCS championship. They're visiting North Dakota State tonight. Are you familiar with those schools?
7: Uh, Samford, yeah. Off the of Lakeshore Parkway, Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Very near U.S. 280. And Homewood.
1: Did you come into the world in that
2: area?
7: I did. Yeah. Very near there. Just maybe 10 minutes away.
2: <laughs> then at 9.15... where did you come into the world? Two five one, Mobile, Alabama. Right near, near Spring Hill College in Mobile, Alabama, if you're uh, familiar with the geography. 9.15 uh, ESPN2 tonight, William & Mary takes on Montana State and some more FCS action. We already mentioned the NBA action tonight. Lakers, 76ers, Bucks, Mavericks, and then of course... The uh, College Cup on the men's side of things, women's that wrapped up earlier this week, the men's semifinal tonight at 7.30, Indiana-Pittsburgh. The first one, Syracuse and Creighton, is already underway on ESPNU. The second one, as I said, 7.30 tonight, Indiana-Pittsburgh. That's a look at the TV guy, brought to you by friends over at White Claw, Hard Seltzer. Thank you, Brooks. You're welcome. We'll see you next week. I will be here. Ryan, we'll see you next week as
1: well. Thank you, JJ. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you to everyone that tuned in and called in for today's program. For Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress and in Canberra, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.